Hello there, we are your hosts Vivek and Pavitra from the Agile Coach Podcast. In this podcast, we bring fresh perspective to you through our interviews with thought leaders in Agile Coaching, Facilitation, Business Analysis, and Product Management roles. Enjoy! Hey everybody, today we have Dilip Ramachandra back again for the second part of the podcast. Uh, Dilip, thank you so much for coming back. Uh, we had an thank awesome you. episode for the first one. Uh, so let's start. Uh, Dilip, if, in case people are listening to this episode for the first time, this is going to be a little bit more of our personal journey, transitioning into tech, transitioning into entrepreneurship, the lesson that we learned. So why did you kind of give the audience a little bit more about your background uh, and overview? Sure, of course. Uh, of course, uh, goes without saying thank you, Vivek, uh, to have, for having me again. And it was kind of cool for those who saw on the first episode how we met and how this all came together. Uh, kind of kismet. So it's awesome that we're doing a second one. Um, my background, you know, I grew up in Sri Lanka. And that's where I'm originally from. And I always wanted to go to America. You know, that was a dream for me to come yeah. to America. I didn't know what I would do when I would go, but yeah. America, you know, I'm going. <laughs> yeah. So when I got into university, I was in the East Coast. Uh, I did my undergraduate in electrical engineering. And did that. Uh, I, I graduated in a difficult market, in a challenging market. And I... Um, I was kind of in a position to like get the job that I could get, you know, I wasn't yeah. looking for my dream job then, you know, just, can I get a job so I can pay off all the you know expenses and the debt from, from being in college. And yeah. I started a company, you know, called Comscore and it was, it was my first job and with every first jobs, you know, you meet people, you really get to know people and it's, it's fun. You know, it's, it's like an extension of university. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I loved it. And I, and I learned how to work in a corporate environment. I learned how to communicate. Um, and I also learned what I learned, figured out later was that the fundamentals of product management. How do you use technology to solve problems, right? Yeah. We were doing so much stuff that was manual back then. And uh, we just had to scale as a company. We had to use technology. And that's kind of what I would say is like how it started my, um, you know, my tech career, right? It's transitioning from, data analytics and account management into product management. And I, I would say like my career has spanned about three different phases, right? The first phase was really around understanding what is product management? You know, what is the yeah. job? What am I supposed to do here? And I did that in my first job at Comscore. And then from there, I went to walmart.com and I really got, uh, you know, ability to use those skills at much larger scale to solve, you know, you know, problems that, you know, millions of uh, customers in the U.S., right? So when I think about retail, uh, we were building algorithms and we we're building systems to um, really improve profitability in some areas and to yeah. improve and what the core craft is. And then from there, it took me to the second phase of my product management career, which was extending the craft, becoming a really good PM, right? Yeah. Figuring out, now that I understood what the product was, what the job was, it was now understanding how can I excel at it? How can I be really good at me as an individual contributor, creating the most output? And yeah. I went to a series of companies 
after that, from after Walmart, I went to a company called uh, AdTruth, which was a, which was acquired by Experian at some point. Then I went to a company mm. called Mintigo, mm. and in these in these two companies, I um, Mintigo ultimately was acquired by Anaplan. So both you know uh, enterprise software companies in ad tech, Martech, yeah. and I got yeah. to really become a great IC product manager. Yeah. And then the next stage of my career was like, okay, how do you then now scale you? Right. There's only yeah. a finite amount of hours in a day, right? You just can't, you know, you can work nights and weekends, but then it's 24 hours in a day. That's it. Right? So then you have to start to, and as a PM, you do work through other people, right? You do work mm-hmm. with and through other people, but as you become a group PM or director of PM, you have to multiply your efforts. You have, you have to use force multiplier tactics, right? So then in the next few jobs in my career, I focused on that. Right. I focus yeah. on how do I handle multiple product lines? How do I hire, coach, retain product managers? How do I create yeah. teams of product managers? And so yeah. at uh, reputation.com, which was kind of a big, you know, challenge for me, my first uh, director product role, um, I, I did that there. And that's an enterprise uh, reputation management platform. And that took me to Marketa. Uh, mm-hmm. where I was my first entry to fintech. And there yeah. I really was able to build you know, I went from teams of two to teams of 20, 30. I really was able to scale my efforts. And then finally, I broke into leadership at Bond Financial, where I was VP of product. And I took, you know, um, a product from zero to one. So even across my career, you know, I've been more of a startup guy, except for Walmart.com. Most of it has been under 100, 50 to 100, you know, sometimes under 50. That's kind of my sweet spot, like, which is zero to one, like getting new products to market or scaling yeah. products or yeah. uh, growing products. Like that's been, so that's my background in my career. Yeah. yeah. No, the, that's, that's awesome. man. that's an extensive background that we have. And my intention today is to, you know, bring out some of the challenges and lessons learned as you kind of, you know, started as a new person in tech, you know, people, person who didn't study comp science, making that transition, kind of making it to, you know, product management, director, product, VP, and then now you're, you're a CEO, a product CEO. Um, yeah, just to kind of give, uh, so since we're going to have a, ba- a little bit back and forth conversation, we're going to highlight like our experience and it'll, you've, you've got a lot more product background than me. I, I kind of took a little bit more of the coaching, coaching side of things. Um, but, you know, I also, come from product side. So um, my story is, you know, just like you, Dilip, I also came to the United States when I was 18 years old. And uh, it's awesome that you said that you, for some reason you wanted to go to US. I, you know, I, I grew up in Nepal uh, in a small town called Budo. Um, it's the Western part of Nepal, very small town, actually a birthplace of Buddha. Um, okay. So I somehow, um, I was really good at you know, math and science. And I somehow convinced that I wanted to go to the capital city, which is Kathmandu. And just because I had gone there once and, you know, it was a much bigger city, much vibrant, much diverse. There were people from all around the world as tourists. I was like coming from a small town. I was like, wow, like the world is really big, even in like Kathmandu, like where I'm from. Right. And I met some people uh, there. I met a few people from all all around. I, I wasn't French with them, but it was really cool that man, like, uh, and then I learned about um, some friends' friend who were studying in uh, the U.S. and kind of did some research. So when I finished my 12th grade, I was like, 
I know I, I don't want to go to med school. My mom wanted me to go to med school. She sometimes still asks me uh, if, if I'm open to go to going to med school. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I, I was really fascinated with engineering, problem solving, um, kind of going to uh, United States and like studying, uh, getting getting a degree here. So uh, this was 2000, 2007 when I first came here. Uh, went to school here. You know, had a had a blast, a lot of challenges too. Um, and in school, I studied, I studied, I studied my major multiple, like four times, um, just because I was really interested in a lot of things. But um, I also had like ADHD. So, you know, I was, it, it was kind of uh, a little bit like academically, it was a little bit hard for me to get focused. However, I was, you know, I had a strong work ethic. So I could like study a lot and like, you know, do well. So, um, yeah. So after that, I studied, um, my studies, I studied system engineering. I went to, um, I went to a community college for a few years, worked as a organic chemistry, uh, chemistry tutor, um, you know, was involved in a lot of leadership activity and, you know, got a, got a full ride scholarship to WashU, uh, and graduated as a system engineer. And my story is Philip, like I'm in my last semester, uh, of system engineering, about to graduate, about to apply for jobs. For some reason, while I was in college, I just applied to so many internships, I just couldn't get any internship. It was crazy. Uh, so last semester, I found out a lot of the electrical system engineering jobs need security clearance, and I'm an international student. So I realized, man, like I, it's not looking good. <laughs> <laughs> I need a job to be able to like stay here and, you know, I'm, I already have student loans, uh, even though I got full ride, right? Um, so I had to, I had to figure out a way. So I, I learned about business analysis uh, and da data analysis. I connected a few people, um, got a little bit of training, and yeah, in, in my last semester, I just had to like figure it out. So I, I accidentally, without knowing, went into business analysis and product. That's yeah. so, I, I love that Vivek, sorry to interrupt, but I love that because it's so similar to my story too. I, I, yeah. I think we, maybe we did in the, I can't remember if we did in the previous podcast when we talked on the phone, but I too, you know, I came to the US saying, oh, I'm going to become an electrical engineer and I'm going to change the world. But I didn't yeah. think much beyond that, right? You know, I didn't think beyond where am I going to work and how am I going to get yeah. a job and work permits. My parents, uh, you know, actually my my mom and dad didn't go to college, so they didn't know. They couldn't yeah. tell me and I didn't know anybody else. You know, I'm, I was the first in my family to go to the U.S., right? So nobody really tell us what to do. So when I was close to graduating, just like you, that's when I realized, and I'm living in Philadelphia, all mm -hmm. the, and your your community college was where? Where did you go to? St. Louis, St. Louis, uh, in St. Louis uh, Community College, yep. Okay, so you, you were in the same state? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In same yeah. State. Okay, so you were in the same state. So, uh, for me, uh, in Philadelphia, all these uh, employers for electrical engineers, they were Northrop Grumman, Boeing, and yeah. <laughs> there's no chance without a security clearance. And yeah. I just felt at that moment, probably you felt like, hey, you, you didn't think this through, did you? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> After all those hard, you know, circuit design classes and VLSI and chip design. I'm like, wow, all that stuff that I've learned 
uh, it's not going to be used in business analysis, right? which is the same route that I took. Uh, but uh, but I think what you and I have both, and I'd love to hear from you, like, mm. do you regret that? Do you regret that you didn't go down that path of working for a defense contractor? I want to hear about that well, from you. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, now, obviously, you know, it, it turned out, this turned out to be a much, much better path. Um, I mean, I don't know how things would have gone that path. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, that was, you know, when, when I got this article, uh, when, when I got this scholarship, like they, you know, I even said in one of the interviews, I, you know, I published an interview with uh, the university and I said, I'm going to go work for NASA and, you know, do, do all this. Um, I, I actually don't know, man. I mean, that could have been really cool, but it was just, you know, not, it was not written in yeah. my uh, karma, you know, like, uh, yeah. And but, you see, yeah. you 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 see this in my book that uh, I didn't I didn't get into that job in my first run. So I earlier in my career I kept trying to fight to get back there. Well, can I go yeah. work for a hardware company? Can I go work for a company that's a little bit more technical? Can I do a really you know challenging technical yeah. stuff? And yeah. my after and I, I hope our listeners uh, here see this, but after fifteen years of this, I've come to the conclusion that let's say I did get a security clearance and I worked in North of Grumman. I think I would have had I would have had a good career and I would have had a good life, yeah. and I have a good career and I have a good life now. So I think what it what it tells is that sometimes we have these aspirations and they can hold us back, right? Mm. Vivek? They yeah. can say, "Oh, you know, because I have committed to this thing that might not be realistic, I feel yeah. that I can't, you know, I haven't done much." But yeah. really, there are many paths in life, and you can yeah. make the best out of any path that you're taking. Right. 100%. And the goal is, are you growing? Are you questioning yourself? Right. Are you, do you have a growth mindset? Are you questioning yourself? Like, can I do more here? How can yeah. I do more here? What do I need to do more here? And yeah. one more thing I want to touch on you, which is something that's really touched to me, Vivek, is you told me that you, Bhutto, you grew up in Bhutto? Bhutto. Yeah. Bhutto. And then you dreamed of Kathmandu, right? And, yeah. And, and you've like, now, you've probably gone to New York City. You've probably gone to... Yeah. Uh, like and and you probably when you were younger you probably thought hey, I want to go to a nice restaurant in Kathmandu like that that was the 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 dream right that's the that's the yeah the the max right but now you've probably eaten in New York City and you've eaten in San Francisco and uh, I had a similar thing when I was in when I was in cool in Philadelphia my first city in the U S I thought you know this is the this is the echelon right I couldn't do any better than this yeah. and there were restaurants that I couldn't afford. And I thought mm. one day when I have a job and I'm successful in my thirties, I'll go mm. eat in a restaurant in, in Philadelphia. Yeah. Now that I, you know, I lived in London, I lived in San Francisco. I've, and I, it just feels like when I go to Philadelphia, I feel, okay, well, I've accomplished that and more. Mm. And it's so important to pause and reflect on that. Like, have you paused and said, man, my dream was to go to Kathmandu. Now I'm yeah. in America. Right. Yeah. Now I run my own business. And sometimes as entrepreneurs, sometimes as somebody who's really through the grit and some of our listeners who are working so hard to get mm. through and break through, yeah. do you really stop and kind of pat us on back and say, he did a good job. Good job yeah. so far. Right? Yeah. Sorry. I'm with you. Yeah. 100%. Like, yeah, no, de- definitely, man. That's that's very real. Right. So like as as a you know engineering mind somebody with you know if you're a listener you're a product person or you have engineering background you're always thinking about like growth 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 like i want to do this but you know definitely very good advice to like you know slow down 
reflect um and yeah just enjoy um i have a i have this funny story i shared to my my friend last week um one of the things that i was most fascinated about when i was in the us out of all the invention one of my favorite invention that i i experienced in the us was i discovered hot tubs for whatever reason <laughs> you know it was the first time i was in a hot tub and it was a i thought it was like a brilliant thing uh, that you know like i like hot water and not only there there's jets and it's like <laughs> a nice space it's such a simple thing but i really really appreciate that 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 one thing um so kind of something that funny that we, we kind of discussed last week I, i wanted to kind of share it's a it's a brilliant yet simple like a thing that um you know i really yeah. appreciate it here, so. I, don't, i don't know if uh, americans kind of they look at them and go oh, that's strange why does vivek love hot tubs it's such a basic yes thing. um no it's not <laughs> i i have one for you actually which is when i was in college i yes. bought a pair of headphones and i put you know i was i think i was earning maybe $5 an hour working at a part time job and i saved saved seven and you remember radio shack i don't think it's there yeah. anymore but that's yeah, where yeah, i go to buy my electronics and i got a pair of headphones from radio shack and they didn't work they were broken they were clearly broken like in one year you could hear the sound other year you couldn't and then i would do i would sort of like and it would kind of hurt in the other year because it was had a ting sound so i would do this right and i would you know i put it back because it was uncomfortable and do this yeah. and so my boss would say what are you doing and i said oh this this headphones that i bought they don't work really great and he and he goes return it and i go oh, no 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 i can't no. I, i can't do that you know uh, that's that. really that's really unfair to the uh, to the company and it's just my fault you know i should have picked the better pair and he yes. goes this is america <laughs> yes. return it <laughs> that's how it works and then yes. he had to convince me to go and so th- I still struggle with it sometimes I make because uh, mm. <laughs> in Nepal mentality you know in Sri Lanka yeah. you buy something you don't return it you just yeah. deal you with get, it you get out you get out of the store no returns no like, returns you you're done that. you you deal you deal with it but then yeah. this was like a big thing for me like to 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 sort of say oh oh I can return stuff uh, so that yeah. you made me think about the, <laughs> the yeah. memory yeah yeah no no those are those are personal things that are important to us right um Uh so yeah apart jack jokes apart like you know the whole the whole journey of coming here studying discovering learning integrating with the culture like learning english yeah uh, learning how to communicate right so it uh it was extremely difficult yet it was very meaningful because <clears throat> it was kind of sort of like this you know this journey that you know for me it was like this journey that i went to there's you know there's the whole world new people opportunities yeah. um and there was just a lot to learn so for me uh, you know one of one of the things um you know that i got um which is like my strike i had a lot of weakness you know like when i was when i was you know in my early early 20s i was my communication i used to stutter um i was not very confident um i had a lot of energy but like i used to speak fast i couldn't articulate myself uh i was a little bit nervous kind of talking to uh talking in stage or like talking to people that i didn't know um yeah a lot of this challenge right less confidence all of that um and those are things that i recognize like you know I, like i this is 
is great. I, I understand where I'm at, but what a great opportunity where, you know, I get to like learn and master these things and kind of use it for to build an awesome career. Um, so a lot of the challenges that happened, um, I definitely fought with it. You know, I'm not going to say that, oh, I was like this wise guy who always like, you know, was wise and like took everything with grace. Nope. I mean, I fought with it. I struggled. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the only growth to kind of move forward and make something interesting for yourself was to just accept it after you complain about it, after you, you know, whine about it a little bit. It's like, okay, well, the option is to learn because, you know, the, the world really doesn't care. Like, you know, you have to kind of take ownership of your growth. So, um, you know, like going from my college to like my first job as a business analyst, um, it was really interesting. Like it was new. I was very insecure. I didn't really understand the field. Um, you know, I used to be in these meetings with VPs, gathering requirements, and, you know, I felt like an imposter. Uh, it's, it was, there was a lot of things that I just didn't understand. Uh, but I, you know, the one thing that I did is I just showed up. I just went, asked question, did the best that I could in that point. And, um, I guess, you know, it helped me push in the right direction of my career. Um, in that role, I actually got um, laid off after six months. Um, oh one day, yeah, one day, that, you know. How did that feel? Yeah, I mean, six months into the role, I, you know, I had this uh, meeting with my boss and, you know, he gave me positive feedback and like, oh, everything's going good. Um, and it was, I think, Thursday, like I was going back home uh, from work and I just get this call from this consulting company that, my, my position has been eliminated. You know, I have to come, I cannot even go back to the office. I have to go to this company to give my laptop. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a really interesting feeling with, you know, just getting like laid off like that. Um, and yeah, it was also, you know, like, yeah, I struggled. I, I was, I was mad, all kind of emotions, but it definitely taught me a lot of things. Um, and right after that, because I was an OPT, I had what, like 90 days to find another role. So uh, I remember just, you know, applying to like probably hundreds of jobs a day and, you know, really like try to figure out the next role. So um, that's, that's yeah. almost, uh, I, I don't know what just, I don't know what the status of your listeners are, but that's yeah. almost, um, that's really hard to get through. You know, when you, yeah. when you're in within the AP, OPT and you get laid off and then you have 90 days, uh, that's really, really tough. But I think you are a testament to kind of the beauty of America, right? So if you yeah. kind of hustle and you kind of grind through it, um, there, you know, unemployment is low right now. They, there are, there are jobs out there may not be the perfect job, but you can get back in the market and you can, uh, yeah. and then get stable and then try again. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's and, and yeah, bringing it a good point, Dilip, it's about perspective, right? Like people, it's still, you know, people always say, oh, like market is hard. Uh, you have no idea what is a hard market <laughs> compared to what? It's 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 perspective, right? Uh, it can feel definitely hard, right? It's, you know, it's it's the meaning that we give ourselves, right? Like when, when I got laid off, like it was, yeah, it was not fun at all. Uh, it felt hard, you know, I it just, it took a lot of energy and motivation to kind of put myself out there and build up my confidence. Um, 
you know, like kind of the narration that I had was, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a system engineer and I might switch this career and I kind of failed. So I wallowed on that for a little bit, but I said, man, I have no option. Like I, I just need to like get back. You know, I obviously made so much investment here. Like I'm going to learn new things. And Dilip, what happened is in that, that time, it was December time. So it was a harder market. Uh, so I was pretty much applying to anything, any roles. And the role that I got was a system admin role, like system admin slash DBA. So, um, yeah, so I went from business analysis and couldn't find a BA job, but I found this, you know, it was at that point, it was good opportunity. I said, you know, I understand business analysis. I understand systems. I kind of knew SQL and I went to the system admin um, slash, uh, yeah, system admin slash junior DBA job. So I then switched to like, I thought I was in the team. I learned SQL. It was difficult, but. Um, I learned it. I was not good at it. And I was on the track to, I was thinking maybe I should go become a DBA and uh, the money was good. The career was good. Um, but man, that was, that was a really tough job. Um, do you, have you ever worked as a, as a it's, developer? It's, it's too, it's too funny. Vivek. I think our, our parts are not too yeah. different actually. So when I did go to Walmart, uh, I had, you know, I had uh, done SQL and Excel before at the job at Comscore and at Walmart, I kind of had a fork. It was basically that, you know, one of the managers said, hey, you could be doing this data analysis piece or you could go deeper and mm. become a SQL developer. Mm. And I pursued it very briefly. And um, and, I, and I did feel that it was, um, at that point, it was a bit too technical for me. I did feel that. And I, I think I could have invested in it. And I could have done it. It was a matter of that. But also, I think it was a different kind of role. It meant more independent work and less collaborative work, mm. um, which given that I was exposed to collaborative work, you know, talking to clients, presenting clients, I I knew at that point that that was more fulfilling to me. Yeah. And so it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a hard decision for me to not choose yeah. the DBA path, right? And the DBA path was just like you, was more lucrative. Yeah. But I, you know, I have never made decisions, maybe to my own chagrin, but I've never made decisions purely on, you know, compensation. It's the full pie, right? It's about the impact and it's about, you know, your wellness and you kind of, you know, your, your feeling about what you're doing and the people you connect with. So yeah. I didn't make, so it's interesting to see. There's a, there, there's an update to that story. So Philip, I thought I was going to do it, but it was extremely difficult. Like my strength was just not it. My interest was, I realized wasn't like more on the people side. And I, I was going through some other like, you know, challenges too at that, that point. So long story short, and just to kind of give, give all the listeners hope three months into it, I screw something up in production. And, you know, it was not entirely my fault. I should have known a developer comes to me, asked me to run some package. I was like, okay, man, this developer seems like he knows what he's doing. I run this package. This package was not supposed to run in the daytime. Things, things go wrong. And at this point, I get fired at on spot. So, oh yeah. So like two, two back-to-back failures in like, 90 days. 
Um, oh my God. That, that, that's rough. And, and we can kind of talk about the fight on the spot, but sometimes I feel, you know, and I've had employees too, and I've worked with teams too. Sometimes that's the cost of learning, right? Yeah. You have yeah. to make mistakes to learn. Yeah. And I've, I've, I'm trying to remember who said this quote, but um, if a mistake happens in production, the cost has already been paid. Yeah. Right. Let's say you yeah. work for me and, I, and I've already paid the cost to train yeah. you. That was yeah. a mistake. And if you if I fire you or if you leave, then I've gotten nothing out of the cost I've already paid. So mm. actually, if I'm committed to you, I should keep you on. Anyway, it's a it's a yeah, it's a philosophy that someone should have about mistake because people should make mistakes. That's why they learn from mistakes. We should minimize the costly ones, of course. We should have it's more on processes and pro, you know, there should be a good yeah. in your example, there should be a very good code review process, you know, yeah. make sure packages like that don't run in production in the daytime. Right. Uh, I, I believe <laughs> yes, hundred percent. Yeah. And you know, there's, yeah, there's that philosophy. I, man, I was so glad because I was struggling in that role and, yeah. Yeah. I can you know, be, because, it. because I was going through some, you know, challenging, uh, personal challenges, um, just kind of, you know, integrating into the post graduation world. Um, yeah, I, I, I was struggling. So, you know, like it would have been very embarrassing to kind of stay in that role after making that mistake. So, you know, it happened for a reason, man. Like I would have, if I would have stayed there, I would have become a DBA, probably would have figured it out. But that's, it was really tough at that point. I mean, back to back, two layoffs. But that's, you know, that's where I, you know, I had, it really tested me like, okay, you know, I, I really need to figure out, I really need to get good at this. I really need to pay more attention. Like, I, I don't know if I had discovered about my ADHD even till that point. Um, so, but yeah, man, I mean, that, that happened, but, and again, I've got another 30, 90 days. Right. Um, and you know, it was another challenge. I actually had to go to the market and find out another job, which, you know, which is, which is, you know, that was my strength is like, I, 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 I knew I had strengths, right? I knew I was good at certain things. Yes, I failed in a few things, but I was learning the whole time. Like in three months, man, I learned a lot, like real technical experience in tech, um, understanding databases, understanding like how things are built. Um, so a lot of things learning happened forcefully, even though if I didn't choose it, you know, I was not scared of technical things, even though that that, that event was traumatic. Um, oh, I can, it's, I feel traumatized just hearing that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels traumatic, um, yeah. Yeah, man, but, you know, that was um, the, the meaning that I derived from that. You know, yes, it was difficult, but the meaning that it is like, okay, well, you know, I, I must not, be so close to code. Like, I mean, even, even if you're a developer, you cannot screw that bad. When you're a DBA, you can really, really screw, right? So it was a good signal. And I realized, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go more on the, now I know SQL, now I understand business now it's pretty well, I'm gonna go. And I found like, I applied to hundreds of jobs in that week um, and got really good at interviewing. I was actually good at interviewing. That's something that I wasn't shy. I really needed it. So. I was not scared to put myself out there. So that's one advice that I would give for all the, all the folks. 
you know, even if you don't know much things, if you just put yourself out there, you will get the chances. You can learn things on the fly. Um, and um, you really, your, your skills really get sharpened up when you have challenges like finding a job in a few weeks in a different field that you have not done uh, things. So I learned a lot and I became a system analyst after that. So uh, more of a technical business analyst. Um, and yeah, it was, it was interesting, learned a lot. Did a lot of deployments at night. I used to be up till three o'clock doing deployments. So I learned, understood another part of the, the development process. So um, in that role, that's where I found about Agile and Scrum and like, you know, working in teams, supporting each other, being with being with each, uh, each other differently, you know, looking at each other, like people, uh, conversations, like, so... I was like, wow, like this is, this sounds really cool. Like I would love to, um, instead of, I was at that point I was thinking, oh, maybe I should go the project manager route. Uh, I learned about the product owner role and the scrum master role. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like, um, and, and there was an internal training going on. That's where I found about agile scrum product owner role, scrum master role. And, um, kind of that's where, um, you know, after that, I just, you know, started working into this role. So, um, wow, what a st story. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I wanted to share because a lot of the times people think, right. Like, oh, like, you know, Vivek know these things and, you know, Vivek is telling us to like, you know, do these things. So it's, it's all coming from pretty like deep and even sometimes darker like experiences right and yeah. it's about yeah. how do you persist through these challenges um so but you know one of the things that i realize is you know you can make almost any failures meaningful and that can really learn from it and if you give the meaning that you're gonna learn you're gonna you're gonna be on your side uh because that's what i realized like hey if i don't play for myself like other people are not gonna like recognize it. So really like learning, growing, connecting, um, speaking up for yourself, um, you know, all those things, being adaptable, like really, you know, even before I learned agile, I actually had to really, you know, be, create that agile mindset in my in myself. Um, and just kind of fast forward a little bit, that, that's where I learned agile. Then I went, you know, then I gained a little bit more confidence in my career. Uh, it was pretty rough. Then I realized, okay, I definitely want to be in the people side, strategy side, um, instead of like more of the technical side. And after that, I got really good because I, I learned, I learned the challenging part. You know, I had gone through some of the worst thing that can happen to anybody in their early in the career. Right. So, uh, the meaning and, that I, and you went yeah. through it twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I went through it twice. Uh, and even in this system analyst role, it was a tough role, man. I was I was in charge of deployment, working with engineers who are very experienced, and I was new, and you know, I had a lot of enthusiasm and extra work I was willing to do, um, but it was still a lot. Um, so did a lot of deployment late night, learned a lot of new things, so still was very challenging. But one of the things that I said is, man, like, this was really tough. Like I'm going to use my experience to like 
help other people because a lot of other people are probably going to go through this. Um, a lot of people, you know, come to tech and, you know, a lot of people don't share about these challenging things, right? People go through these things in private and people almost forget it. Like if I didn't share this with you, I would have forgotten some of these stories and I've forgotten other challenges. Um, so what I said is I'm going to actually share this with people and support people in their transition and then also give them the hope that it's, you can learn it. Like in nine months, I learned so much that, you know, in four and a half years of college, I, you know, just the learning was just, you know, different. Right. Um, so I started like helping other friends kind of break into tech, kind of giving some, doing some mentoring, um, I was doing some, uh, some training as well. And I started, man, I really like this. I really like helping people. Tech is, you know, tech is difficult, but it's very forgiving. There's more roles. Like, let's say, even if you get something happens to your career, you can always pick yourself up, go out there, and then you can find more opportunities. Um, and like you said, I, I mean, you could, you could be in a technical role. You could go into being a scrum master, you could become a project manager, you could yeah. become an account manager. I think you're right. I think if you join a good tech company that takes care of the employees, yeah, you can take the risk and try something new. And if not, there are other opportunities, right? If you understand the product and understand the the industry, there's there are many ways you can provide value. Totally. Yeah. Inside tech. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so for from there, like, you know, I, I became a consultant. Like I I left the job. I it became a, a consultant and, you know, I actually went and like worked in seven or six or seven different clients, six months to a year engagement, uh, work in healthcare, finance, fintech, um, agriculture tech, like all these roles and, you know, really study different systems because I then connected back to my background, which was system engineering and really understanding systems, human systems. So it was really, really fun um obviously had his own challenges uh but then after i gained a little bit you know i I kept on learning and i kept on like you know uh, teaching helping others uh and in in 2017 i got an opportunity to create an online course in agile so that was a really interesting opportunity um and i kind of went like even deeper and like did a lot of interviews, read a lot of books because I was now creating a course on like agile software development. I had a lot of experience, but you know, I really wanted to get the root of like, what are the different body of work? Like what are the different pieces that needs to be real with people? So, um, did that. And then also right after that, I found it, me and my partner, Pavita founded, uh, the agile coach where, uh, it was sort of like a training company where we would help launch new careers into tech, uh, people who are not from tech. Uh, so that's kind of like how it happened, man. But the first half of the story is pretty, pretty brutal. Uh, and I didn't even mention all the challenges that you go through when you're going through H1B and the immigration. Um, so full of challenges and, you know, again, I, I go back to like the story and the meaning that you give, like, all of those challenges were very, very meaningful because it was teaching me something very, very important that kind of led me to uh, my, the next phase of my career. So, uh, so yeah, I, I went and shared a lot. Uh, Philip, like, I, I kind of want to 
I kind of want to hear about, you know, what are some other challenges that you faced in, you know, in going through these different roles um, in, as you're growing? Yeah, you kind of triggered something that I actually cover in the book um, mm. around, and it's actually, it's based on a Harvard Business Review research by Whitney Johnson mm. called um, S-curves. And S-curves are basically um, the trajectory of your career in a job, right? When you join a new company, you're learning. When you're learning, you're growing. And then you have all these challenges and they're, you know, pushing you up against the wall. You're thinking, can I do this job? You're working hard. And then you figure out those challenges. You learn the things that you need to know to do well at the job. And you start becoming more and more effective. You're able mm. to do more in less time. Yeah. And then you get bored. Mm. <laughs> and then you yeah. get really bored. And then you sort of transitioning from learning to teaching. Right? Yeah. Because there are people around you who are new and the people yeah. around you who need to learn and who need to grow. And if you don't find another opportunity to challenge yourself again, but Whitney Johnson in her research, she calls it connecting the S-curves, mm. you actually might plateau in your career. Yeah. And you actually might find yourself in a position where time will go by and you don't know what happened. Right. Yeah. And the, when, when people talk about growth mindset, they talk about it as a binary thing. And mm. the more I've researched on it, I find it to be a cyclical thing. Like mm. as humans, we go from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, to a growth mindset, to a fixed mindset. And I'll give you a few examples. Yeah. Okay. So when I was in high school in Sri Lanka, I was, you know, one of the top ranked kids in my school. You know, I, I you know, I got uh, one of the exams I got, you know, the I did in my O-levels uh, at Excel, I got one of the best marks in the country. Right. Mm. And so I was used to being, uh, you know, top of the class, used to being uh, doing well. And therefore, um, I felt that people around me were asking for advice or asking me for guidance. Mm. And it actually put me in a fixed mindset because, mm. you know, I wasn't being challenged. I didn't have, I, I felt like I was in a position where there wasn't that much challenge. Mm. And then when I came to the US, I, I came here with a fixed mindset mm. and I got beat up really hard because <laughs> I came to a university where there were kids like me from around the world. Yes. who were top performers in their class. And yes. no longer was I a top performer. I was probably a bottom performer actually at my university. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I was struggling. And, uh, and that's when I had to, that was the first time I had to decide, okay, this fixed mindset thing is not working. You know, what worked in the past isn't working mm -hmm. anymore. That's typically yeah. the thing, right? I mean, if you look at uh, you know, a coal miner trying to get into, into tech, right? Oh, our family has been in coal mining for generations. It's worked yeah. for us. Why should I change, right? Uh, yeah. There's so much time and history to, to convince you not to change. That's why you have a fixed mindset. So if people who are in startups, right, like you and me, people who are in entrepreneurship, you can't survive without a growth mindset because everything's changing every day. Yes. Uh, but when we come across somebody with a fixed mindset, sometimes we feel like, hey, just have a growth mindset. But you have to sort of empathize where they're coming from. And they're mm -hmm. coming from where things have worked and they work mm -hmm. well and suddenly they stop working. And they don't really know how to diagnose that. And they're afraid to just go and try something else different. And they don't have the history and the track record of, of doing that. So um, mm. I think to your audience, I would say like the first time transitioning from fixed to growth, it won't be the only time. It'll happen again yeah. and again and again. But yeah. the first time is the hardest. It is really difficult. And then when I was in university, you know, I 
transition to a growth mindset because I had to graduate. <laughs> I had yeah. to figure out how I could learn and, and challenge myself. Then I got my first job. Yeah. And I, and I was really good at it. And then I got a fixed mindset. Then I got into my second job yeah. and it was the same. And in the third job, I, you know, I sucked at a bunch of things and then, you know, I had to again. Right. So it's, you will find yourself in a career going between learning and teaching. Yeah. It's, it's a pendulum. You'll, you'll be, and you have to be mindful that when you're in teaching for too long, mm-hmm. you might get entrenched in your ideas and get yeah. fixed in your mindset. And yeah. you have to, you have to remind yourself that, Hey, now I need to get out of the comfort zone. I need yeah. to go back into growing. So, um, Giving you a few examples here, and maybe you can riff on that. It looks like you have some ideas on that. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's been my philosophy so far. Hundred percent, man. I mean, yeah, we we wanted to talk about the mindset and growth mindset. I love the point that you know it's not there's not somebody like you have a growth mindset and somebody's not. You know, I've had a growth mindset when it comes to, for example, my career at some certain points. And certain points, I've kind of lost that. And after you know, I've done something about it, and I've kind of gained, learned, upskilled. Um, and I've actually, you know, read one of the things that I did is read to gain perspective. And this is something I would really encourage people: is create time for reflection, create time for yourself. Very, very important to collect a lot of data through experience, but also. Ex- you know, like give yourself time to like think and reflect and read because there are so many amazing books. I realize, yeah, uh, and I I can read. You know, like yeah, I I went to college. I can read. If I don't read this book, I am I I'm same as somebody who cannot read. Which you know, somebody I heard this somewhere. I was like, wow, like that hit me. And I started reading. I started reading. Um, one one of the books that I read was Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Stephen Covey. Stephen Covey. Yeah. Um, I read um, another book called Think and Grow Rich. That was uh, that was really interesting. So, um, yeah, I mean, different through different stages of my career, I've I've struggled with different things. Like for example, when when it came to my health, like I didn't have a growth mindset. You know, I, I neglected my health quite a lot um, in earlier part. I just didn't have the skill and I just didn't, wasn't the person who went to the gym, who took care of the mental health, like, you know, uh, and, and, but later I figured out, I was like, man, like it's so, it's equally important to grow in and maintain a good physical health, good mental health and exercise is such an important part. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, I love that point about growth mindset. I mean, even now, right, there are certain areas where I'm thriving and there's other areas that I'm trying to grow. Um, and, you know, just being open-minded and having humility to reflect yeah. and still like keep keep improving. Yeah. And I think the good thing that you did today with telling your story, and, and I, I did this in my book too, is sometimes I think people are entering the workforce or new to entering tech, they look at who who's already there and they think that they have a spotless record, right? That they yeah. didn't have challenges and they didn't. Um, but I think it's important to know your truth and tell your truth and yeah. educate people that, you know, this, it is going to be this way. It is going to, you're going to have to have a growth mindset. You're going to have to make some mistakes. You're going to have to learn yeah. from them and then find your path uh, 
risk with risk comes reward, right? I mean, you, yep. you gotta take a little bit of risk, and then you'll re- reap the rewards. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's um, let's kind of go um, and, and kind of share some maybe maybe like closing advice or things that you want to share uh, so far, right? So like so far, what we've learned, um, and this is something that the you and I I were you know chatting. So one of the things that I, you know, I would encourage people if you, if you're listening and you made it this far is, um, you know, being your own cheerleader and really playing on your team, right? Like no matter how, like how difficult, there's a lot of external things that are going to happen to you. You know, you're going to get a lot of no's. You might struggle at certain points. You might uh, not feel like, you know, really putting yourself out there. Think, think actively about this thing. Like you have to really like take care of yourself. You have to be in your own team. Um, and sometimes it's going to be harder. So like doing things that kind of get you to the state where you're playing for yourself. Um, my second advice is, this is the advice that I give to, to myself a, a lot is um, you have to put yourself out there or it's not like you have to, you, you, you get to, especially if you are, think about if you're, if you're undergrad, if you're under a dog and if you don't have the actual experience um, and you're trying to get into this, this new role, or you're maybe trying to build a startup, like think about it as like, you know, when I was doing these things, I struggled a little bit, but I was like, man, I, I get to do these things. You know, I get another chance. So really like, again, uh, putting yourself out there, having conversation, you know, lot, throughout a lot of the things, a lot of the people think, oh, how did I do it? There were so many people that actually were there in different parts of my journey, mentors, coaches, people who helped me, supported me, friends. So many people like made this transition successful. It was um you know, but I had to reach out. I had to like make this connection. I had to build this relationship up front, put myself out there, get out of my room, right? Like jump on a call with somebody, get perspective. Um, because one thing I realized is, my, is that, man, people are actually helpful and resourceful and people can give you perspective. Uh, so if you have a good surround, if you build a good surrounding of people, that that can motivate you, encourage you, empower you, give you perspective, sometimes challenge you. Like that's that's very crucial. So what about you? I have a few more, but yeah, I think we talked about so many things today and we can create a long list of advice. Um I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one of yours and riff on that one. I'm gonna talk about the one where you touched on, you know, about putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. When you think of the immigrant mindset that you and I have, right? Um, mm. Once you leave our home country and come here, like, there's no turning back. Like if you've seen the movie Gattaca, right? The guy who wins, have you seen that movie? Gattaca? Gattaca? No, I've not okay. seen that. So there's no. a scene in that movie where there's a guy who's swimming and he wins the race. And it's a very difficult swim. It's a long swimming. And then he, he asks, the other guy asks him, how did you win the race? And he said, well, mm. I didn't save any energy for the swim back. Mm. right and that's the mindset and he swam back and he you know 
mm. almost drowned, but you know, he won the race. Because <laughs> let's yeah. you know that part of the, the story. But uh, the point I'm trying to make is that part of the immigrant mindset is like, what's the worst can that can happen? Yeah. Right. There's only forward. There's no back. Right. So just you, it's not that you should or you you need to put yourself out there. Like it's a it's a requirement. Like if yeah. you think. Um, what you're saying and what you've done is worth something and somebody needs to hear your story. And if you know your truth, then you have a responsibility to put yourself out there and start small, right? Like you said, surround yourself with people who are positive and just tell them what you need, right? And tell them your truth. Like you just told us, you just told me your truth today. You told me a background. Tell them your truth and you'll make a connection because it's all about connections. You know, it's, people got to feel like, oh, I, I kind of like this Vivek guy. I'm going to give him yeah. a shot, right? Yeah. Especially in those, in, in you starting out in your career, you're looking for advocates and you're looking for champions. And so yeah. getting out there, putting yourself out there, that's the best you can do for yourself. Yeah. Nothing, no more no. advice, just that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got one or two, I think, you know, this, these are the advice that I give myself too. Um, nobody cares about your failure. You know, this is something that I read in a book, you know, like it feels like, you know, when I was going through that, it kind of felt like, oh, like this is devastating. The world is coming. Like the way that it felt is like very difficult, right? So you might, you're probably going through, you have failed, like you have publicly failed. You've done something that you're not proud of. It's going to be okay. People are going to forget, you know, like for months, I kind of held, held it that myself feeling inferior. Oh, like, I disappointed the team. Um, and one thing to remember is, man, like don't, everybody's busy. Everybody has their own challenges. People are not, you're, you're not, I'm not that important that people are going to like, remember this, you know, like what I get to do is I can definitely learn from like that experience. I can change my story instead of having a disempowering story. I can then know, I exactly know what, not how not to screw up. Like, I know that I should realign my career, what I should do. I should not say yes to opportunities, but I cannot actually deliver. Yes, I have a growth mindset, but, you know, maybe, you know, I, I, I'm just not suited into certain field, right? Right. right. So that's, um, that's my advice is, you know, a lot of the times, you know, even in this, this particular one, it was a little bit, that situation was a little bit challenging for me. So I held on to it, but I let go of it. And you know what? Like people forget, like people don't care. Like I've failed multiple other times. People don't care. So, and then the other thing is don't, don't take yourself. I tell myself, don't take yourself too seriously. You, you, you gotta be sincere, right? Cause when you're doing work, you have to be sincere with people, but don't be too serious. That's like my mo- mo- motto. I remind this to myself and, um, and as you, as for the listeners, is if you're embarking on a new journey, trying to do like some things like career change, just realize it's going to be hard if you take things too serious. Like be sincere, do the work, but try to find humor, try to have fun throughout the process. And that's what I, what I did. I surrounded myself around, you know, good friends where, you know, we could laugh about some of these things. and. Um, you know, if you, if you, because I was willing to be a little bit lighthearted about it, 
you know, it was easier to kind of let go. And, you know, I had more fun than I, if I took these things too seriously, I would have missed right. out on a lot of opportunities. So, right. You get to be, to be in the moment. And, and if you look at, you know, the, the challenges that you had, I think it sounds like six months of your life, mm-hmm. but in the grand scheme of things, you know, six months at that time probably feels like, you know, you count the days, right? You count, you know, yeah. oh, that's 120 that's, days, you know, you count those yeah. each days you feel them, but in the grand scheme of things in a 50 year career, a six <laughs> month investment or a one year investment in a 50 year career, it's a blip, right? Yes. Yes. That's, that's really important to kind of capture and, you know, and I, and I, what you said just made me think about like, you know, you're, you're sort of here in the middle, right? Yeah. And where, where my thumbs are and here on the left is like the worst things that could happen, right? You know, your, yeah. your DBA field and the right is the best things that could happen. Yeah. Sometimes I think we feel like both have to grow at the same time, but yeah. not necessarily. I think you can grow like this, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the trick to that is just sort of saying, okay, listen, mistakes will happen. And then just kind of, you don't forget them. Like you're, you're giving yourself a hard time about your DBA mistake, right? You know, yeah. you're going to remember that. And then you just try to expand into new areas mm. while knowing that, you know, don't, don't be afraid to, don't think it's going to go like that. Yeah. It's not like yeah. the more yeah. risks you take, the more worse mistakes you'll make. No, that doesn't work that way. So you kind of focus just on expanding the possibilities, right? Yeah. And then just keep yeah. adding to this. Like you said, okay, DB is not the right thing for me. Okay. Um, SQL is not the right thing for me. Just kind yeah. of, inventory them just filter yeah. out the right opportunities for you as you go yeah yeah, yeah. and then building building that like uh, skill stack right you, you talked about skill stack in the last podcast so like you know building that um one thing one thing i realized and, and i'm pretty sure this is this is the core this is a part of the message from from your book too i know um one thing that I realized as we have put ourselves like out there, as I've put myself out there is like, we have so much potential. Like the potential is there. Like you're probably struggling, upset about certain things. You have a lot of potential. Like in the present, maybe you're going through something challenging. Um, like who is actually holding you back from having manifesting all these amazing dreams that you have like it's it's you it's like my limiting belief right like i had to really recognize those limiting beliefs the stories that i was telling myself um and i realized if i if i change my if i change my story my limiting belief story if i really get in tuned with um you know what i need what i want if I'm willing to learn new things, get new perspective, if I'm adaptable, man, like there, there is so many things you can manifest. And to your point earlier, sometimes we just kind of hold on to something that we thought that we wanted to do and we beat ourselves so much. And yeah, and we're, we're holding ourselves back, right? Yes. Now, um, now you're now you're talking, Vivek, about gangster vision. That's what gangster yeah. vision is, right? It's yeah. using the master plan to take a step back, see the whole big picture. Like, where are you really going? What's what is your purpose? What yeah. are what are you striving for? And then find the empathy for that thing that yeah. uh, for you, like yeah. it's clear. Like your empathy is like, hey, I made this transition from you know a tech role and into agile and how can i how can i impact as many people out there through that same track like that's why you like for you it's almost like agile coach is not a job like it's the meaning 
right? It's, yeah. you know, it's your life. And so you yeah. find that and then you commit to it. That's mm-hmm. the gangster vision, right? It's the empathy of something that's part of your purpose and committing to it. So uh, yeah, yeah. I think if all of our listeners here, of your listeners here, um, should try to think about it that way. Less of like trying to check a box and fill a job and get a paycheck. No, it's about what do I need to do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is what is what is my purpose, mm-hmm. and and then commit to it. Like I'm going to commit yeah. to this for 12 months, right? I might change 12 months later, but let me, I'm going to give it a good amount of time to try it. Then what you just what we just talked about for the advice before throwing mm-hmm. yourself out there, it becomes a necessity. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. my purpose is, uh, you know, making oranges sweeter. Yeah. Well, I need to make oranges sweeter. I'm going to yeah. do whatever out there to meet people in the orange industry. To yeah. <laughs> figure out the right formula to make oranges sweeter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. No, that that's amazing. So Dilip, thank you. Thank you for having this awesome conversation. Um, like with a lot of the things that we shared with you folks, like we are we're in our journey. Like we there are still a lot of limiting beliefs that I have, but you know, this is this is just, you know, we just kind of shared some of the advice to you. Um, and we're just getting started. Uh, really right like a lot of the perspective that we've gained um it's 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 about you know taking everything and we are kind of in our journey of growth too so we're nowhere coming from like we've figured it out all exactly. we're we're just being good students of like life and business and um and kind of get going after certain craftsmanship right for you Dilip, it's you're getting really good at you know building products building companies um, I'm in the journey of, you know, really mastering my, uh, my communication skills, storytelling, podcasting, content creation, and really helping building a company that really helps people transform their career. Um, so, um, you know, we're in this journey and, you know, we actually invite you, uh, try out some of these things that we shared and there's so much knowledge out there. Like that's another thing that I realized knowledge is provisional like the knowledge exists out there it just you have to go and study and read and spend some time to acquire that and a lot of the times some of these things don't even take money like a lot of these books you can read a 20 dollar book and literally turn that into such a profound impact in your life right so uh, knowledge is professional you can go get it you but you have to put in the work to learn and it's an amazing thing to be like open-minded and learn new things and really not, not put yourself in a box and like really experience what, what you can really do and, you know, create success and fulfillment in your career. So with that, any last words from your side? Dilip? Yeah. Let's close off by saying, um, get out of your own way and unleash your true potential because the world needs it and you need it. Beautiful. With that, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this episode. Everybody, we are rooting for you. Um, and hope you hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for having me, Vivek. I had a fun time. Thanks. Yeah, I had a, I had a blast. Good. Thank you. All right, that's a wrap with this episode. 
Thank you for listening till the end. We hope these podcasts are providing value on your Agile journey. If you haven't visited our website, theagilecoach.com, we highly suggest you for other courses and supporting material on your journey. You can also get access to our self-paced courses or learn more about the life training that we provide to become a Scrum Master, Product Owner, Product Manager. With that, we will see you on the next episode. Love and best wishes from the Agile Coach.